This empty chair represents the addict who died today, not knowing recovery was possible. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Empty Chair. Uh, you know, uh, every now and again, uh, we, we like to put a face, well, we don't like to, we put a face on the empty chair. Uh, I've been fortunate enough over the years to meet so, so many people that have been willing and courageous enough, courageous enough to come on our show. And uh, Lou, you know, I'm having a trouble getting a picture here. Yeah. All right, I'll come in and check hey, it out. Thank you. Anyway, uh, you know, we, I've been fortunate enough uh, to meet some amazing people and uh, as much as we like to have the show about, you know, the success stories of recovery and everything like that, uh, the truth of the matter is uh, this is also a big reality of it. So even though there's good things going on, uh, yeah, we still uh, we still losing a lot of young individuals. So tonight... I not only have a, a courageous lady here, but also I'm happy to say a very good friend. Uh, and my guest is Helen uh, Sheehan. And uh, I'm excited to have her here. She's a nervous wreck, but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take care of that in no time. Just give me five minutes, people. I'll be ready and warmed up. All right, Helen. Again, you know I do thank you for coming, and. Uh, Helen lost her son, Eamon. Eamon. Eamon, yeah. uh, in 2019. 2019. And uh, we're going to get into that. But first, uh, I want to let Helen talk to you a little bit about what Eamon was like. Uh, Eamon, I'm going to I'm going to pronounce it. Depends why on what continent you're why on. Why couldn't you just call them Bill? I called him a lot of things. I'll bet you did. <laughs> no, actually. Anyway, why, why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, uh, before his earlier days, before he got involved in any uh, substances. Um, well, you know, um, we're Irish, so it's Eamon. If you're in Ireland, it's Eamon over here because okay. I like the way it sounds better, just so that you know. Okay. Well, I got on my green shirt, so I'm going to call him Eamon. Eamon was a... You know, I always refer to him as if you had to raise a child as a single parent, he's the one you wanted. Um, I just, you know, typical boy, loved to be outdoors, did not like to be sitting down. So we'll get to the difficulty in school in a little bit. Uh, just let me interrupt um, you one second. Sure. Uh, those of you who are out there, listen, if it's okay, um, I want to devote the first half of our show to, uh, to Helen's uh, story. And then the second half hour, we're going to be talking about what she does. And please, uh, at that time there, feel free to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And I know Helen would. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. No, that's not a problem. Um, I told you at the beginning of the show, nothing's, uh, nothing's off limits. If you have a question, you think it's going to be difficult for me to answer, I'd still appreciate you doing it for not me. Not a problem. A few tears. Add a box of tissue right here, people, so I'm ready for you. Um. But I think it's really important. I think part of getting rid of the shame and the stigma of the whole situation is talking about it. And mm -hmm. I have no shame in my son. I am not embarrassed at all. 
to say that this is what happened to him. We judge people on uh, what they're addicted to as opposed to they're addicted. And you can't get up in the morning and not have a cup of coffee. You're addicted. I mean, you're addicted to coffee. We're addicted to cigarettes. But, and even alcohol, it's even more acceptable. So why we beat so much on the addict that is addicted to drugs, I'm not quite sure, but um, my organization is working towards trying to change that. Okay. So my son was a good kid. He was a single <coughs> parent. Um, his dad chose not to be in our life um, early. Like, he never met him. Okay. And, um, you know, I always thought the best thing to do was to, you know, stay home and stay focused and not do the dating thing mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, try to bring in positive role models. That didn't really work. Yeah. Um, but Amy was a really good kid. He was a sweet kid. He was definitely not an aggressive child. Um, maybe a little bit too sweet for his own good. What about how as a student? How um, he struggled as a student. He really did. Even from first grade on, I knew I was going to have a boy who needed to use his hands, um, you know, instead of sitting at a desk, the way the school system is set up now, it's, I'm not knocking it because it works for the majority of the people. Uh, we live in a world where, you know, 80% of the population does just fine. Mm -hmm. We don't always address the 20% of the population that I think that my son and a lot of other kids fit into. Sure. Uh, it's a manipulative learner. You know, they need that manual stimulation. Um, he was, I mean, I, there was not one year I could say that was good for him. Um, he hated it. I hated making him go to school. Um, I knew I just, but unfortunately having to work, um, having not able to homeschool him. We tried Catholic school for a while. Oh God, mm -hmm. that didn't work out. Um, we put him in public school and I would, every year I would hear, he is such a great boy. I, I'd, I'd want to throttle him if he wasn't so sweet. There's never any disrespect, mm. you know, other than the disrespect and not doing his schoolwork. Um, and he goes, I know he's in there. He seems like he's sleeping. But the second I ask a question, he knows the answer. So the kid was very, very smart. Um, I don't know if it was defiance. I don't know what he read at grade level. Um, he just did not learn that way. Okay. Um, I always wanted to get him into the trade school, but you got to carry your grades to get into a place like mm -hmm. Whittier. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, we tried keeping him back. That didn't work out. You know, the poor kid was a sophomore and all of his friends were seniors. Yeah. And I got him to, I literally was, don't know how I did it, but I got him to stay in school up until about four months before he would have graduated as a senior. And then yeah. he walked out of school. Three days later, he walked into NECO, took his GED and passed it. Oh, for crying out loud. So um, I don't know. It just, it was just, it was really, really, really tough. I didn't have a lot of support. Okay, so what happened after his experiences in school? Well, he oh, he seemed to fall into trades like carpentry, okay. uh, mechanics. He was uh, he could Good get under. Oh my God! I you know he would get into a car that he had never seen before. He'd take it apart and put it back together in thirty seconds. Mm. Like better, he was just very very sure. good. I have friends who have woodworking in their house from him, staircases. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, master carpenter without even putting in the years he just seemed to have an intuitive knowledge some people just and i just but that doesn't really translate well into the school we have the school system we have set up mm -hmm. i've always said we wish we had a concurrent program that would operate earlier um than the high school years like the trade school a weekend shop a week at the desk True. 
But I think I would love to see that start, but mm -hmm. not in, just in high school. I, I think it. we need yeah. to get it earlier. So anyway, um, he went from job to job. Um, he couldn't settle. Um, I don't know a lot of insecurities. Um, he wasn't your big macho testosterone ridden guy, mm. um, but he was quiet. He had a quiet strength about him. His friends used to seek him out for advice a lot. And he was always the kid you gave stuff due to hold because you knew you get it back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Um, even today, to this day, he had a very good friend, AJ. And uh, they, they, we raised, his mother and I raised the boys together. They're not biologically related, but they, they were brothers. Sure. They were raised from before they were a year old on. And uh, AJ to this day just uh, is still devastated at Eamon's loss. He just had a baby and he gave oh. him Eamon's middle name. I'll be damned. Yeah, every once in a while I get a phone call and uh, it's a bad night for AJ. And we just listen and reminisce. And he's, he says, I'm sitting on the stairs he built for me. Mm -hmm. And put the staircase in AJ's house. Yeah. And they, they're they just stunning. And I run into random people. Hey, he did work in my house. Or mm -hmm. I remember him. And they're always good stories. Sure. So I don't know. We always had the partying. Um, we always had uh, the alcohol and the weed. And at that point, I was, well, it's just weed. Yeah, yeah it's a stage. I, I and, said that. Yeah, and it was not, I mean, the alcohol never really worried me. Uh, nothing. You know what? I'm going to be honest. It didn't worry me at all because my son had a phobia about needles. Mm. And I always thought that that would keep him away from the stuff True that would story. kill him. My daughter had a thing about needles too. Yeah. So she had friends that were nice enough to inject it for her. He wouldn't go near it. He wouldn't even let the nurse do it. Really? So I'm thinking I'm a little bit safe there. And let me yes. tell you, um, as far as I know, it was three years from start to finish. And he overdosed more times in those three years just by snorting it than people I know that inject it. Exactly. And, so, and that's something, something, yeah, people do have to understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you snort it, it's not safe. No, it is it's, not safe. Especially with the oh. shit that's out there now. Oh, he used to do, oh, listen, you know, I a little bit at a time, I yeah. can handle it. Yeah. It just, uh, you can't, dude. You, well, tell me something. What was the progression? Because you said he was he was only on the, uh, the fentanyl for like, the last three years well I, I as far as i know oh, okay. nobody All has right. informed me differently sure. and okay. i don't know where the change happened sure. you know there was a different crowd yeah and he started pulling away from me sure. and i just you know i'm thinking i was always on him about trying to get a little bit more educated and take it a little further as a master carpenter an electrician sure. but the schoolwork just put him off yeah so, um, yeah, we tried to get him into, I tried to get him into organized sports, but he would play intramural sports because there wasn't any structure. Mm -hmm. Structure was just something he did not want. Um, I don't know if you can force that on somebody, but I do realize now the relevance and the importance of organized sports. Yeah, and, and, and it's true, but in all honesty, I always liked the intramural better. He it was more. Too. It was more. Fun. It was. There, were there no, was less pressure, yeah, less stress. That's you know, word. you played the game and it was a game. It was fun. Right. Yeah. And you didn't have people screaming at you oh, because absolutely. they had to win. And oh, my goodness. He, he definitely did not like that kind of pressure. Yeah. I, hell, I used to play Little League. My God, mm -hmm. if I struck out, I know the parents on my team went, What uh, the hell? You suck. You know? And he wouldn't play baseball. He, he had to play. He played ultimate frisbee because you were constantly running, yeah. soccer. Yeah. You were constantly moving. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
So I, I put him on a baseball team and I will never forget. I turned around and the kid's playing center field and he's out there sitting down, pick, <laughs> playing some, picking something in the grass. And the coach is like, okay, you're done, dude. Yeah, Get up. Yeah. Um, but he just, I don't think he ever really found himself. He never found his footing. Now, let, let's um, try to give me an age of when he started maybe drinking and booze. A teenager. Yep. I found out, well, I found out after the fact that about 13, 14 was when he first started smoking pot. Yeah. And you know, that's the norm. I know. Unfortunately. And I didn't worry about it, though, because yeah. um, right. true confessions, uh, I was a mom that smoked. Um, so weed. And I didn't ever smoke cigarettes. He actually got onto cigarettes. I don't know how that happened. Mm. But um, I want to say the first time I caught him drinking, he was about 16, 17. Okay. And actually, with the crowd. that makes him kind of a late bloomer. Right. Well, well, I don't know that he did. Yeah, and I, exactly. and I, I'm saying it now, you yeah. know, I have had health, I've had health issues that all through the, all through his childhood, I was in and out of surgeries and, uh, I don't. He could have been taking my pills. I don't know it. I didn't yeah. know any of this. Yeah. And the, uh, and you're so, right. You know because I'm going to take a wild guess that you weren't as educated about then as you are now. Oh, grief is clarity, people. You think hindsight is clarity? Grief is really wide open. Um, you, I see now, and it makes me a little aggressive when I'm dealing with people. So I get a lot of that. You know, calm down. And I, I just can't, you yes, know, yeah. I can't. Um, you don't see, and people don't, I generally, I don't, you don't want to see, you know. I was always, always a good kid. And he was, he was just such a sweetheart. Well, my daughter has a saying that I always tell everybody. Uh, addicts aren't bad people. No. They're good people who end up doing bad, bad things. things. I know that. I know that. You know, but even through his whole uh, addiction, um, you know, at one point he was living with me and I thought as long as he was home and even even into his late 20s, uh, late teens, early 20s. And then I was always the last to get paid. So um, I asked him to move out. And I still to this day think that was the wrong thing to do. But, uh, you know, it's hard. I know. It's hard. So listen. Uh, any parent who's out there, you second guess yourself. Should I have done this? Should I have done that? Yeah. I still wake up in sweats. Maybe that was the wrong decision. Maybe this was the right one. I, I don't know if that's ever going to go away, you know? Well, you want to know something? All of us, uh, you know, my daughter, you know, thank God she did find recovery. But uh, we made decisions that were tough. Yeah. And, you know, the group I do with now basically you know if a person's not ready to tell them they have to leave and we never tell them they have to leave we right. always try to give them options yeah you have to leave but i have resources where yeah. we can get you to a facility correct correct so you know yeah that way they, if you're giving them options yeah and they decide not to take your option right you feel a little bit better because you hope that you know because you always tell them well if you change your mind it's yeah. always here. But I spent a lot of time angry. You sure. Know? And sure. I, I, I do feel that um, I could have metered my, um, you know, been less judgy. I, I disciplined the way I was brought up in a strict mm -hmm. Irish sure. household. Yep. You hold that line and you don't break down. 
And I'm learning now that maybe it's, you know, it's not such a good thing to do. Well, and, and the thing is, yeah, because I did the same thing. Yeah. Right? Because I was as naive as they come. Right. But what we learn now is uh, you, it's a disease. It They're is. sick. Yeah. And you can't just push a button and make them stop. You no. can't shame them to stop. No. You can't love them to yeah. stop. And you can't be angry. No. Um, because it isn't your fault. No. You know, but you you definitely have to, you gotta have a little give. And I didn't have any. I really no. didn't. I was too busy. It was I, I consider it selfish. I was too busy being mad um to see out there. You know, it really it it just it sucked everything out of me. And single parenthood is even worse. I'm working 60, 70 hour work weeks, yep. or I was like I said, in surgeries. This kid spent a lot of time on his own, and yeah. I, I didn't have a support system no. that I would have preferred. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't think he had an identity. I think he was still struggling to find himself sure. right up until he, the, yeah, yeah, when he died. Yeah. He just gave up on himself. And again, you know, don't be hard on yourself yeah. because you didn't know anything about. You know. Yeah. I they know. don't make it easy no. for parents to be informed. No. And and parents that uh that parents don't want you know they're all members of the not my kid club uh, well we i that hello i and i said you know well you won't go near that stuff that's right I just never even considered nope. snorting no well you, you know, know i just didn't it when, was always needles when when i found out my daughter was on to heroin i i just People like us don't do that. I know. Hello. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello. I don't know. I, I, and I, I think I was blind, you know, it was a self preservation thing, but mm -hmm. I really never thought we would graduate to the hard drugs. And then know. he, you know, he, he got in. It wasn't so much a certain crowd. He fell in love and we were, you know, we were, they made it okay for each other to be okay okay with everything sure. you know and that's not it's not a blame on her no because unfortunately she lost her life as well yeah and but he loved her sure and i fought so much to put the blame on everybody else in his life i sure. didn't put any of the blame on him yeah um no i don't want to use the word blame but i never held him accountable it was always because of somebody else sure. and that's and, not the truth and, and the thing is you know, show me a parent that doesn't. I know. All right. But I, and I never, I, you know, I, I always wish that they would break up. I never, ever, ever wanted her to lose her life. And I was just as devastated sure. when she died. She was just, just about a year and a half ago. Oh, um, so she died yeah, after him. She did. And apparently, now, just she out, just out of, find that love again. Just out of curiosity, did you have any contact with her after? Um, no. I was angry. I was angry okay. and I blamed everybody on the planet sure. and I was mad. And her mother, um, they're actually old family friends and I didn't speak with any of them. Uh, we've actually reconnected. Well, and uh, after she passed away and we are, uh, we're friends and in, in a common, in a common war here, yeah. common battle. Um, she's running her own little campaign and, um, and well, the, um, she lost uh, his girlfriend. She had a daughter by another. It wasn't my son's. Right. But there's a little girl out there now with no mom. Um, and yeah. um, it's just it, the toll that this is taking yeah. is horrible. And I, I didn't expect to feel so horrible when she passed. Oh. And I realized I really wasn't angry at her. I was angry at the situation. Yeah. You know, 
and that maybe if I had been a little bit more patient, a little bit more understanding, you know, I could have brought them into the fold, but. Well, you, you know. want to know, like I said, um, what you know now, <sighs> you didn't know then. No, and I'm teaching it though. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you what, <clears throat> like I said, I didn't lose my daughter. If I did, I don't know if I could do with people like you and Doug Griffin and Betsy Cody and all these. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know if, if I would have had the courage. I don't know if I would have crawled in a hole. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, the things I've done over the last few years, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself, Yeah. but I don't know if I would have had the, the guts to do what you guys have done. Well, it doesn't mean we don't, I don't know about those people, but uh, it doesn't mean I don't want to crawl in a hole every day. I get it. And I still struggle to get out of bed most mornings. Mm -hmm. um, I still lay awake all night long, rethinking every decision I ever made. Oh, yeah. And um, what gets me up is that I am determined to change it for another family. Um, help somebody else do this. And I think, you know, the universe gives and she takes and she, she had to take somebody. I don't like the fact that it was my son, but she certainly picked the right person because mm. I'm going to battle with this. I'm going to do it. All right, tell me, when did you realize that your boy was really crossing the line? Um, it was a couple, of, it was probably about a year and a half before he passed. Mm -hmm. um, he had moved out and he stopped talking to me. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, well, because it's just because I'm being bitchy. I hope I can say that. No, um, you can't. You can't. can't. But, all right, the show's over, Lou. No, she just, she just crossed the line. That's it. Wait, I, I haven't like even it. gotten to the F-bombs yet. <laughs> Come on. The FCC's going to be knocking at your door. No, no. We've had that, too. Um, oh, good gravy. No, you know, and I knew I was losing him. And I kept thinking to her, and I was losing him to the drug, you know, um, still in denial, um, when he overdosed the first time. And um, she called me and I started screaming at her. I got so mad at her. And, you know, the answer I got back was, well, what are you mad at me for? I saved his life. And well, I'm like, wait, <laughs> but this is, you know, I mean, where we, you guys are in a codependency here and you're making it okay for all of this to happen for both yeah, of you. Sure. And I get that, but you know, um, that was when, when he, he would, right, he time. wouldn't let me in the emergency room to see him oh, because no. I was being mean to his girlfriend. Oh, and I said, and the nurses couldn't let me in because he was an adult yep. and they were looking at me crying. I, I know what I, I just can't let you in because my patient is saying no. And then I knew I, I knew I was on a walker. I had just gotten out of surgery mm -hmm. and still nobody could help me. And I knew at that point I was losing him. I just didn't think it would be forever. Mm -hmm. So it was a battle after that. And then he overdosed again. And I didn't see him for months at a time. And then he would come home and he would be beaten up because he had gotten into a fight with somebody at the house. And then he would leave again for months. And I just never thought I would never get him back, you know. And then um, he started getting arrested. And um, he ended up um, coming home and I threw him out. 
February, January, February. Uh, it was two degrees and he was on the street and I can't even tell you what it took me to throw him out because he was so bad when he came in. Um, but it's the it's what jerked him to what I thought was going to be a long period of being clean. And he ended up going into um, a program. Okay. So I thought, well, that wasn't so bad after all. But um, he ended up going into places, you know, very short-term detox. Yeah. And then he ended up at the Pine Street Inn in, in Boston, which it's a place for people to go. But when I tell you it's the most dreary, depressing sure. thing ever. I remember chasing him around Boston. He had, you know, I know he had a phone and I know he could do Facebook, but the phone didn't have minutes. So I'd be sending out messages on Facebook. I'm coming to get you. Uh, oof. So he never really experienced any what you would call long-term recovery? No, I'd say months. Months. Oh. It was, you know, a couple months. Yeah. I mean, um, which where we, we, which is where we were when he, uh, the day he died. Sure. Um, he literally died twice that day. So I like to think that, may, <laughs> you know, you died twice in your day. Um, he had come home. We've been doing really well. So I thought he had been working with his friend. Mm-hmm. Now, your relationship had improved with him then? Well, yeah. It, I thought it had. Yeah. Okay. I thought it had. So, but I really wasn't delving into it. I wasn't, I was kind of keeping him a little bit at arm's bay because I was terrified. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, my God. We'd go through the, I'd be blocking his friends on his phone when he wasn't looking and he'd take them, unblock them because I didn't want them to reach out and, oh. They just wouldn't let him go. They yeah. would not let him stay clean. And they kept pulling at him and pulling at him and pulling at him. And he just wasn't in a position to say no all the time. No, well, you know, you, you know, you have to understand it is such a powerful yeah, I know. drug. And it's not, I kept trying, it's not, it's not about love, dude. They just need somebody next to them doing the drugs. Yeah. And the thing is, it, and it's not, you know, after a while, it's not even about no. getting high. It's just about not getting, getting sick. sick. And that I can't tell you how many times he said that. Sure. But we had we had had a run, um, and he was supposed to go to work one Saturday morning, and it was raining, and he was working construction, so there was no work. And he said, "You know, Mom, I just he loved to walk. Mm -hmm. I'm going for a walk." And I said, "Great, you know, clear your head. Come on back. We'll do this." We were. I had just talked him into getting a mattress for himself because mm -hmm. he was sleeping on the floor, and he kept telling me, "Mom, the floor is good enough for me." And no, the floor is not good enough for you. So um, I'm going to go get um, a mattress. And apparently, um, I was. I had coffee. I was sitting in my chair, and the next thing I know, I'm scrolling Facebook, and there is my son overdosing on a bridge in Lawrence. Is how I found out that we weren't going to get a mattress. And then all everybody's messaging me, sending me this. It's the same and it's the same. And I'm looking at him and there was somebody kneeling by him. There were more people filming him. Yeah. And I, I don't understand how we've gotten to that point where that's entertainment. But apparently um, off camera, the ambulance showed up and they were able to Narcan him and get him back. But I don't know the circumstances of... Did he make it to the hospital? Did he run away? But I do know that he came home. He still had product on him. Um, because he came in and we started fighting and I did not handle it well at all. I flipped a nut and uh, now I realize I should have dealt with it at another time. Um, 
And then you saw the video on Facebook and um, you'll never convince me. I, I, he went up to his room and used the rest of what he had bought all at once. Yeah. And there's no way he didn't know he was going to, he wasn't going to, there's no way you can sure. convince me he didn't know he was going to die. And um, it was about, he, he had gone upstairs and it was about half an hour later, I realized I should say something to him because when he walked by me, I didn't say anything. And by the time I went up to tell him that I loved him, it was too late. So you got to say that when you think to say it. And I walked in the room and um, he was dead. And I knew I had my career was a nurse and I knew I assessed him. Uh, there's a glass, the GCS of three, which is a, a scale, a rating scale of, um, you know, for a consciousness. And I knew it was over. Mm -hmm. He was starting to turn blue. He had been gone for half an hour. And I tried, you know, I was sitting on top of him, just watching his eyes. They're open. And it was trying to get the vomit out of his throat so I could breathe for him. And he was a big kid. Mm. He was on an air mattress. CPR wasn't working. It was the most horrible thing I've ever done in my life. When they came, um, everybody's face told me. I knew we knew he was sure. gone. And I said, you know what? It's not going to be for nothing. You're going to get a heartbeat back. And we're going to give this kid his last wish because he's an organ donor. And I understood that um, the circumstances of an addict's use can't allow for that. So we were able to, the fire department in Haverhill got it. They worked hard. They got a heartbeat back for me. And then we got him in a Boston Mass General, and they worked on him for hours to stabilize him. And about three days later, they were able to take five of his organs, his heart, his kidneys, his pancreas, and his liver um, were the only things that we could salvage. But there are five people out there who benefited from his life. So it makes me feel good. It gets me up every day, you know. I'll tell you what. We're going to take a little breather. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, you know, you just kind of, you went through, you just explained the worst thing that can happen to any parent. And the way it happened with you even magnifies it. But we're going to come back. And uh, like I say, if people want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. And we're going to talk about what happens after okay we'll be right back folks hang in there <sighs> haven of hope is a faith-based 12-step recovery home for women seeking a loving and structured lifestyle to help them persevere over addiction our Sober Living House offers women an opportunity to gain life skills, coping mechanisms, and personal growth so they may return to their home or working field as productive members of society. Haven of Hope's approach is based on fostering a structured, faith-based life with a core component being the 12 steps from the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, for with God, all things are possible. Contact Haven of Hope at havenofhopemethuen.org or call 978-258-3982. That's 978-258-3982, or visit us at 82 Union Street in Methuen. Hi there. My name's Phil Leahy, and I do the Empty Chair Show here. And as much as Fran and I have enjoyed doing this show, our real passion is with where it all began, the Circle of Hope, my support group for the families of addicts. I learned a long time ago that dealing with an active addict is just 
too difficult. So we invite you to join our group, The Circle of Hope. Uh, give me a call, 978-886-2949, and you'll see our banner on the show anyway. And, and give me a call, find out what it's all about. You know, if you don't think you're ready to sit into a group, uh, Fran and I always invite people uh, over to the house, and we sit down, have a one-on-one, and we talk about a plan you'll have to set up, how to deal with someone in active addiction, or, or just give you a chance to vent. So, I mean, if you or someone you know has dealing with a, someone in active addiction, reach out, give a call, take the first step. I promise you that it won't make it easier, but once you understand what it's all about, you'll be able to deal with it a little bit better. So again, 978-886-2949. Just ask for Phil. I'm always available 24-7. Thanks, and we'll see you on the empty chair. Bye-bye. All right, we are back. Uh, Helen just uh, went three rounds with Lou in the back there. and <laughs> I uh, won. Yeah, she won. She's back. And now he's using the tissues to cry. No, I didn't hurt you. You liked it. Uh, now, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk uh, to Helen about the aftermath. Uh, no one should have to uh, go through what she did. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, phones are open. You guys want to give us a call. Uh, you want to say hello to Helen? I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. All righty. Okay, young lady aftermath yeah well, you know I what? Am in let, let, me, let me just ask you one question because i know this is how i deal with parents who are with active i kind of give them advice i kind of tell them about all the mistakes i've made yeah now when you deal with people how, how do you deal with it i tell them the first thing um with the shame's got to stop if i had not been so embarrassed or shame took the fault on myself i would have asked for help and I do think that we would have been talking a different story. Uh, don't be ashamed of your child. You know, you really can't be. We we are as parents. You got to take credit for you take credit for the Olympian that mm. you raised. Yeah. Well, well you got to take credit for the other one too. And you know what? Don't try to deal with it yourself. No, no. Reach out oh, for God, help. No. There's yeah. a lot of organizations out yeah. there. You're one of them now. I am now. Amy yes, Card you are. Foundation. <laughs> and we're teaching. We're right now. We're in the education. I want. I want to teach people to. Um, you gotta. You gotta use love. You gotta use patience. You can't use anger. You no. can't. It doesn't work. It didn't work when they were three. You get mad at them, and they just got more defiant. Well, it doesn't work no, here either. Right. Um, you got to bite your tongue a lot. doesn't mean you don't have to hold the line and be strong, though. You have to stick to your guns. But you absolutely must not do it yourself. We have to talk about it. Um, his obituary, I still have people tell me um, I said too much, and I didn't embarrass him at all. I want people to know what a beautiful child he was, and he just got lost yeah. in his addiction. And I said it right there. Well, if he died from cancer... Well, and you put that down. Would that be a shameful no, thing? No, no, it not. isn't. So this is the whole point. <clears throat> you know, you can't, we've, we've got to stop looking at it uh, as shamefully. That's the only way. It's got to get out there. You have to talk about it. And it's not a parenting fail, people. It is just not. Yeah. Um, 
well we it, it, if it it's way. anything and like i said especially now please if you know somebody who is dealing with somebody that's having a problem yes there's a lot there's numbers on this you can call please reach out it is impossible to deal with someone you love more than anything on your own you can't listen you know you your kids having trouble in school you got the whole school system behind you this is the same way and families need to stick together i was literally in this battle alone yeah um and you can't you just i mean there isn't a there isn't a war out there that has been won by one single person it's always an army and True. that's what we need I you like know, the expression, it takes a village. It takes a village. Yeah, yeah it takes more than that these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm afraid right? it does. <laughs> it, take, it takes a whole, a whole planet to beat this, but we have to be in it together. Mm -hmm. You know, a concerted effort, and everybody has to know everything and be on board, and the rules have to be set, and everybody has to hold to them. But um, Well, now, over the last couple of years, you've turned into a real wild woman. Why don't you tell <laughs> us about some of the things you're doing? Uh, yeah, I, well, I started an organization, and because we're able to give his organs, uh, his heart being one of them, I called it Eamon's Heart Foundation for Prevention and Recovery. And I am determined to educate. Uh, I, I, I have this thought that we don't pay attention to it early enough. We don't teach the skills or uh, identify kids' talents. We don't teach them how to redirect um, whatever it is that, that's stressing them out. Um, towards, um, I don't know, doing art, dance, um, mechanics. We don't teach, um, we don't teach other skills. Um, if you get a headache, you go for a pill. You know, uh, we wait till kids are in high school to see if there's a problem. Some kids have problems, some kids don't. Some kids get through it, some kids don't. I don't think we should wait that long. And I don't necessarily think we should come at kids like two, three, four, and five with drugs. But I think that behavioral management teaching them the skills they need instead of of just immediately quick <clears throat> fixing yeah um um you know to, to teach them how to de-stress and take the time for themselves mm -hmm. meditate as you will as adults everybody's advocating that and i never had that and i look at you like you're crazy what do you mean sit still well no. my uh, my uh no i can't my, sit still <laughs> my mentor joe cotton who used to Kind of run the circle of hope meetings yeah and he was very big into meditation and he'd bring in a, a tape or whatever like that. oh boy all right and everybody loved it but me after ten, <laughs> after 10 minutes i'm <sighs> so after that he only brought in five minute meditation I, tapes. I people tell me that all the time that i i i literally just um signed up for yoga mm -hmm. i'm gonna do hot yoga and i'm literally gonna sit in a hot room still um but i it's just not the way i was raised yeah. and i think if we pay attention to teaching skills a human being the skills they need a lot earlier that will develop into a habit by the time they're in high school that's 17 16 17 years of setting habits and if you know anything about breaking a habit it takes as long to break one as it does to build one uh, if not longer. so right and before you can teach them to not do it you have to unteach them yes so I don't know. I think uh, behavioral, uh, paying attention to behaviors a lot more, a lot earlier in life. Um, well, I'll tell you, the schools, for the most part, the schools are trying to, not enough, they're actually no. 
there should be a curriculum. They're limited by funds, too. Yeah. You well, know, unfortunately. Not really. oh. The money is out there. Yeah. It just Depends doesn't it go goes. to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on oh, that. Oh, I know. I, I make sorry. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, but I know there are schools, Methuen, uh, the Greater Lawrence Tech, <laughs> uh, you know, they have counselors. And yep, so, yep. Are they doing enough? No, not really. But at least they bring the subject up oh yeah but the ones that we have to get to are the parents well you know and um, it's so hard this new classification the the new uh the oil the thc oils and the vaping pens mm -hmm. um we were talking about that earlier they are literally able to sit in a classroom and pop and pull on that thing without the teacher knowing it is there's no smell anymore yeah. it doesn't smell like weed and they have the vaping um they have the vape detectors in the bathroom but by the time the teacher gets there the person's gone they can't put cameras in the bathroom right um i mean we think we should how about we not make it smell pretty how about we make it smell like thc um then you you know less opportunity but to hear that they are literally sitting in a classroom and able to take a hit off of that pen mm. with teachers that, you know, there's a tiny puff of smoke. It's yeah. too disguised, you know? Well, just in, I'm not like Cole. I can't read all the comments, but there are some amazing comments here. Uh, yes. Heather, Barbara, Barbara Dudley. Dudley. I agree with her. Yeah. It should start in kindergarten yes, when your should. children are learning and developing their habits but there's so many of you making comments uh again if you want to give us a quick call you can do that too but i appreciate the feedback you're putting up and yep. this lady here when she sees all of these coming in she just seems to i know i know i don't I, think she's gonna need tissues the rest of the day I, well i'm energized I, this this whole thing energizes me i haven't lost any energy yet i haven't lost any steam and i get pushed back a lot of times because i am very aggressive and i will get in your face oh see and, i'm not like that at no, all no you are and nah. i know that's why we're <laughs> friends uh be, um i'm 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 just i'm not i don't sit down i'm not quiet yeah. i'm not i never have been um, so you can either help me or you can listen to me because mm -hmm. I'm only going to get louder. And I say it all the time. I get called very bad names. Um, I get, she's too aggressive. She's a bully. I've been called a bully. Oh, uh, oh and that's like, I am so against bullying, but oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have to put you in the further chair. I'm starting to get afraid. No. Okay. Joan of Narcan here. Yeah. The Narcan training classes. Yeah, are, tell uh, us about that. Yeah, we well, the, we have a lot of things we want to do, but we launched two uh, series. We're going to do Narcan trainings. We have partnered with Mass General Brigham Bridge Clinic in Haverhill, and we have. Um, We're going to interrupt you. Okay. We got a phone call. Oh? Why don't you grab a? Uh -oh. Who do we got? You selling me something? I have no money. Go ahead, Heather. Uh, Hi, Heather. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Oh, Hi. Heather, I haven't seen you for ages. So nice to hear I from know. you. I know. Hey, I'm still kicking around. You know yeah. that, Bill. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I, I do have to say, I, you know, when I saw that Helen was on the show, I'm actually, my heart's like racing because the day that it happened on the bridge, um, it showed up on my timeline and it just like shook me yeah. and you know Helen and I we were corresponding through Messenger so that final that day her and I were going back on Messenger and I was just rereading it um, 
you know, and it just, you know, Helen, I have to say, I have to thank you for, you know, all that you're doing now. Um, you know, this isn't getting any better. It no, really it's isn't. not. And um, I'm going to get still... in touch with Mark Zuckerberg one of these days and talk to him because we tried to get that taken down, but apparently it didn't violate their community standards. But sorry mm -hmm. for interrupting. Go ahead. <laughs> no. So um, what I was going to say, I mean, I still work in the field and, you know, it, there's been so many changes. I've been in the field since 2011. I used to do outreach. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is this, you know, there's so much stigma and Unfortunately, you know, the not my kid, not my family member still occurs constantly. Yep. And I try to tell people, you don't know what's good. You don't know what your neighbors are doing. You yep. really don't. Yep. Um, you know, I left a traditional facility because I don't feel the facilities or treatment programs do enough. Um, because you get the effect of, you know, when someone comes out and they go home, I call it the now what effect. <laughs> so I actually work for a company. We I go into people's homes. So we actually change the house into the physical treatment center. So I've been doing that because what, what our program does is the family has to be involved. Yes. Like you can't shy away from it. Like you can't hide from this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I got sober, you know, it was, it was tough. I mean, even to this day, like, um, you know, I'm very transparent. People will yeah. tell you that. Um, I, if I'm in a store and someone, I hear stories all the time about addicts. I hate that word. Um, and I have no issue in line saying, Hey, guess what? You're talking about me. Yeah. And I take offense to that. Yeah. But I mean, I have to thank you. I have to commend you for you, what you're doing. You're such a strong woman. Um, I'm going to have to check out your foundation. I'm actually... Please working on my own project right now. Um, I'm not going to blurt it out because I have somebody doing a logo, but okay. it's, I'm hoping to come across and like doing something with the stigma, you know, like for me, you know, even alcoholism, you know, it's like, let's make the, you know, uh, the next cocktail a mocktail, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. in, you know, and people in, and most times it's, you know, you know, people are quick to blame friends. Well, they're all, Ill. They all have a disease. It's like we all feed off each other. I mean, I know opioids, I'm 17, 17 and a half years sober. Alcohol, 13 and a half years sober. Yes, Alcohol came much later. I was a late bloomer, 42 years old. I'm now 56. Like, That's so, I mean, harm I reduction, you. though. Did you right. know that? It's harm reduction, and it doesn't always have to be cold turkey. You just gradually oh, no, do it no, step no, 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 hey, no. Because I work. Heather, let me tell you something. There's a reason why you're successful in what you do. Because, unfortunately, like so many others that don't, you have a passion for mm -hmm. substance misuse. You have a passion for the disease that it is. And it's not a nine-to-five job for you. You know, I, I admire people like you and... Cole Welch and uh, yeah. my daughter, people yeah. who have an absolute passion. And uh, whenever I see somebody who works in the field that has that, uh, it does my heart good. And whenever I see people in the field who are just going through the motions, then I get equally upset. 
Oh, yeah, because, you know, I'm one of those that say that, you know. It's like, if you don't want to be in this field, get out of it. Absolutely. You're doing, yep. you're doing harm. You're right. doing harm. You burnout, know? burnout so is I'm gonna, here. Yeah, I'm going to not take up more time, but okay. I did have to call in. Yeah. Uh, Phil, thank you oh, you can what we, you do. Yeah, we love you, Heather. We love, I, well, I love you, too. <laughs> and Helen, I love you, too. And I, you know, I review that message back and forth because that was like a whole overnight thing. And I you're awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. All right. Thank you. Have a great night. Thanks, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye. Nice lady. Yes. Really nice lady. She was uh, amazing the day it happened. I went back. When she reached out this time, I didn't really remember her until Mm -hmm. I went back. Sure. And I had so many people reach out. I mean, just every day. I mean, you know what's out there on the internet. And the person who did post it, um, actually, somebody went to their front door and we took it down. And all the, but the person who shared it actually um, educated bachelor's degree. So I don't understand how it was an acceptable thing. And we didn't see the, we weren't friends with the person who took it. We were uh, friends with um, the person who shared it. And that's the one we saw. And, you know, upstanding member of society, um, journalist. I don't understand. And their their take was, well, we were just teaching people. Well, you didn't do that. You totally humiliated a human being at his lowest point when he needed us the most. And that is what we have to realize. You're not teaching anybody anything. It's a bullying tactic. Mm. And I was horrified and my son was horrified. Sure. And you will never convince me that that did not drive him upstairs. Oh, I, you want to know something? Uh, I remember the last time my daughter overdosed uh, she was at that point where she overdosed on purpose and the only reason that she is still breathing is that she did that in a mcdonald's uh restroom somebody found her yeah they yeah. came in the cleaner and they kicked her out and said you you uh, effing junkie oh, but God, they I called an ambulance word. i know and saved her life so that the, the, whoever that woman is that threw her out probably doesn't realize that she saved my daughter's life. I know. Well, we're 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 um we're trying to do that. Like I was starting to say, we are running Narcan training classes, right, and the but, first one was incredibly successful. Yeah. We have applied to become an agency in the city that will be able to distribute the Narcan. Um, and we have actually partnered with the Human Services Program at Northern Essex. And we will be training their classes as well, April 11th. There is an event right uh, up and it is open to the public. And we have another training that is going to be taking place June uh, June 12th up in Mount Washington area wow. of Haverhill, which is right where, I mean, you've got kids living with parents that are addicted up there. So we will be training the kids. Yep. There's no age limit on um, having our can because there's no resale value. You can't get high and it only works. Um, as an opiate antagonist, but it is legal um, for kids to have it. And there are some states that are training like six and seven year old kids how to use it just to keep parents going. I mean, it's horrible, the statistics. Every time I look them up, I want to present them on that whiteboard when when I do my events and they're horrifying. I don't even know which ones to pick. But um, so we have three scheduled and um, we're working. Oh, the city of Haverhill, the mayor's office has been really good. They're behind the Narcan training. When we need more, they're going to help us get it. 
and we, um, our organization, myself, have been asked to sit on two uh, committees where the advisory committee, uh, where we will help distribute the $750,000 that he has set aside for the youth activities and mental health programs. Yeah. And I've also been asked to sit on a sort of an advisory task force um, around opiate addiction overdose. Sure. Um, so we're I, I like the fact that we're able, we're being brought I'll in. I'll tell you what, yeah, and try to get them to spend some of that money on education and awareness. Well, Please. you can't, you, listen, the, the money, he's not do, developing the programs. He gave the money out there, so it is now open. Mm -hmm. Go on the Haverhill website, please. Okay. Um, you can write a program and apply for money for this. Yeah. This isn't just about activities. Okay. This is about mental health program. This is about education, drug education. Uh, NFI has been um, partnering more with the city now than I've ever seen them before. They have a substantial amount of fund for um, education. Um I believe cannabis education and prevention. Yeah. So the city is really stepping up its efforts. Hey, Mayor Perry, did you hear that? I know you got yeah, a ton listen. of money. Uh, we uh -oh. could, we would uh -oh. love to help you spend it. Listen, call call Mayor Burantini right now. There's some great programs that um, they have initiated. Tell me something. Now I'm going to put the bite on you. Oh boy. Yeah. Do you think you could get MVP ASAP in the city, the mayor? Well, I can um, believe. Uh, I have a connection with the secretary there. Yes. And I just, and so I, do I. I know. <laughs> well, um, why not? Why don't we see if we can get, uh, get you I'd to like the to table? Um, yeah. We have, I have uh, recently become um, active with the Lawrence Methuen Community Coalition. Yeah. And I am in their Zoom meetings on sure. Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And I have been, we're working to get them because the mayor said he would like to meet with them. By the way, so, uh, Lawrence Methuen. Community Coalition. Yeah, Harold McGoon, they're one of our sponsors. Well, he's the one who is, I have, he is on my list. Luz Casado, um, Ana Javier, and Harold McGoon are all slated to be in that meeting. I just got to get a time slot when everybody can get together. Sure. Um, so we have, we are working on it, and uh, I will be happy to. Um, yeah, didn't do a little name dropping for uh, Well, I have no problem with that. Um, the one-stop program out of Gloucester was generous enough that we are able to provide the Narcan free for our yeah. Narcan training classes. Yeah. It's not just education. You leave with an Narcan kit yeah. and See, everything my, you need. My problem is I get invited to a lot of meetings. Well, you have to sit and shut up, Phil. Yeah, I can't do ah. that. That's why I never get invited back. Well, we, I, I don't know when the next one is, but when we left this last meeting, he said, we'll see you all here next month. Sure. So um, there's no reason I can't mention you. All Absolutely. he can tell me is no. Yeah, I'll like that. Okay. I don't I, think he will. I, I can't know a lot. No. I, I can live with that. Let's you know what? We only okay. got a couple of minutes. Okay, sure. What I would like you to do is just in your own words, kind of finish up. What would you what, what do you have for bits of information or advice or just something you want to say to to Eamon? To my son. Yeah. Oh, I miss you. And I hate that it was you, but I think the universe unfortunately picked the right person because I'm going to fight for you. And I'm going to fight for kids. I know that you loved kids. And I loved kids. And I think that between the two of us, because he guides me every day. I want to show you. Do I have him with me? I don't have, yes, I do have him with me. He's right here. I want you to know that I talk to you every day. And whenever I'm having a rough day, I grab this. This is his ashes. And I, I gave out a lot of these. So he's everywhere. You are in the river where you love to fish. 
And this week, uh, this summer, I'm going to Saco, and you're going to be in the Saco River where you love to float. So every day you're thought of, every day somebody tells me a story about you, and it's all good. So just know that your life was short, but it's going to continue through the organs you donated and through the work that I am inspired to do. Um, because I don't think you made a name for yourself. And I think that that's what uh, my job is, is to make a name for you. And I think it would have been a good one if you were here, son. Thanks. I miss you a lot. And folks, uh, listen, I've said this about a lot of the people that I've met who have unfortunately gone through the same thing that Helen has. And I'm going to say it to you too. I wish... I never met you. Oh, good God. I hear I, that a lot. <laughs> if I never, no, if I, I never, if I never met you, that means oh, Eamon okay. would still yeah. be with us. You know, um, don't, don't blame yourself, parents, but you got to pay attention and please do yourself and your children a favor and stop saying not my kid. Um, Eamonsheart.org. Um, you'll see the work we're doing. We have um, a seminar series. I didn't get to talk about the first yeah. one Phil was at. Uh, I addressed addiction and I wanted to get the de definition of addiction out there and how it is not a choice. It is absolutely uh, neurological. Uh, it's a disease. It's a, there's biology to it. And the next one we're going to address um, early education and uh, life pathways and how getting to kids a lot earlier is going to give them better choices uh, further in life. So um and you'll be able to see that on AMVPA's yeah, page because yeah, we share yeah. it with everyone. And we're going to be, we have another one. We are rally up in Mount Washington. We are working with Nomsa and Cube and The Verge at Somebody Cares New England. And that one is going to be Healthy Minds, Healthy Kids, how to redirect the trauma response creatively with art and dance and so we're just trying, we want to yeah. educate people. Yeah. And she's doing all that before dinner. <laughs> no. All right, guys, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I've always enjoyed having people like Helen come in and share their stories. I know it has an amazing impact. So on behalf of me and Helen, MVP ASAP, and all of the families that have lost loved ones, we'll see you next month again on the empty chair. Bye-bye. Eamon says bye, too. <laughs> Thank you.